So I don't know how you felt when uh, Eunice was reading the entire passage. Uh, for me, it's like, this is a heavy passage. Shots are being fired. Uh, normally, when you hear Jesus teach, you know, it's full of love, full of encouragement. Uh, just, you know, but in this passage, six times Jesus declares, woe to you, which means, man, how terrible for you. Like, I feel so bad. How unfortunate it is that you're like this. Six times he says, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. And, and so why is Jesus so upset almost? Like, why is he so mad, angry? Um, why, is he, why is he speaking with such harsh language, intense voice? Uh, this is probably one of the most serious passages in all of Scripture. We also have a parallel passage of this in Matthew 23, but... The question now becomes, like, why was Jesus so upset with these Pharisees, these lawyers who were experts of the law, uh, who knew the Bible inside and out? Why was he so upset and so upfront with them? So the setting of the story we see in verse 37 and 38 says this, While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he, Jesus, did not first wash before dinner. So that was a problem for the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, a lot of us know that these people were very religious people. They were devoted to God. They took their faith seriously. They memorized parts of, of, of the law, and, and they tried to keep the law to T. And so these were people who were re well-respected by other people. These were people who were considered religious, influential. Uh, these were people who were, who were considered leaders of society. And yet what we see in today's passage is they are astonished by the fact that Jesus, he's not washing before he's eating. Uh, now, some of you moms might say, yeah, I, I kind of feel the Pharisees, right? It gets me so upset when someone comes to my table and their hands are dirty, they're not proper, like the first thing that you should normally do when you go to someone's house is wash your hands, make sure that you're ready to eat. But you have to understand the Pharisees, the reason why they were so shocked wasn't because they're shocked at Jesus' personal hygiene. They were shocked because Jesus wasn't honoring the, the rituals, the traditions of the Pharisees. It, it seemed like a no-brainer in that society that this tradition that was developed over time. Now, there's no law in the Old Testament that says you need to wash your hands before you eat. Uh, there is a law when you go to the temple, the priests, they would wash their hands before they would offer um, offerings at the, the altar. And so what happened later on was a lot of the people, in order to to honor God's word to its T, in order to, to, to practically obey God's law uh, inside out, what they try to do is they try to develop all these different traditions. So this is not a command from the law, it's a Jewish custom that they were struggling with. And so what we see is that these Jewish leaders, these are well-respected, very religious people, and Jesus is, is, is in their presence, and they have a problem with Jesus. Now quite often, I get this question, when I'm, I'm talking to our members, people from our church, they would ask the question, uh, Pastor James, what do you think about how Christianity is portrayed today? Like how Christian leaders are portrayed today? What's your thoughts on some political figures on how they claim to be Christian, but like maybe they're not living out their faith? And that's a really, really difficult question uh, because you know, I just don't know everything. Um, but one thing that we do see is this. I, I think Jesus has an opinion about these people people who are in position of influence, but at the same time, people are absolutely religious. People know that these people are devoted to God. 
And the issue that Jesus has with the Pharisees and the experts of the law is this. They looked like something, but they were not. They looked like something, but they were not. They looked like they were close to God, but in reality they were not. They looked like they were, they were incredibly spiritual, but they were not. Um, they thought themselves that they were spiritual. Other people would consider them spiritual, but in reality, deep down inside, they were not. So in other words, what Jesus is tackling in today's passage is their hypocrisy. Their hypocrisy. And, and so all throughout this passage, Jesus is going to talk about hypocrisy. And afterwards, in verse 1 of chapter 12, he's going to say, Be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy. So we see that the issue that Jesus has with the Pharisees, the experts of the law, is their hypocrisy. And I think today, many people, who, especially if they don't come to church, they would say, one reason why I don't believe in God, I don't want to, do, to participate in church or become a Christian, is because I see hypocrisy all over Christian, Christian lives. And so you see that hypocrisy right now is the topic that Jesus is addressing. And so he says in verse 39 of chapter 11, And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You are full of greed and wickedness. Now one reason why I don't use a dishwasher I know it's more efficient. I know it's better for, you know, when it comes to water and all those things. I, I just don't trust my dishwasher, right? If I wash my dishes, I can rinse the inside, the outside. Sometimes it's probably because of me, my skill of stacking all those dishes. Like, I don't place them in the right place. So what would happen is the outside would be shiny. But the moment you pick up the dishes, like, there's still food, chunks. And it's not like just food, but it's boiled into it now because it's steamed, right? Uh, and so for me personally, I don't trust myself, my ability to place all of these dishes so that I can get the maximum outcome from these dishwashers. And so that's exactly what Jesus is saying in today's passage. On the outside, you look great. You look clean. But inside, you are full of greed and wickedness. In other words... You're hypocrites. You are full of hypocrisy. And so we see that this is the topic that Jesus is tackling today. And the reigner of our time, I just want to understand, help us understand what hypocrisy is all about. Some characteristics of hypocrisy. Now the word hypocrisy actually comes from a Greek word that was used when people would have plays. They would wear masks. And so an actor would act a certain way, pretend to be someone else, like a king, a queen, maybe a soldier, but inside they're just a normal person. And that was a word that was used to describe hypocrisy. So they were acting. Uh, what was seen on the outside was different from what was inside. They were wearing a mask. And what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees is this. People, when they see you, they're not seeing the real you. They're seeing a mask that you have put on yourself. So the reality of hypocrisy um, the first thing that we see is this. Hypocrites care about what's on the outside, not, not, what, not what, what's on the inside. Hypocrites care what's on the outside, not what's on the inside. Uh, we see that from, from verse 39. You know, you're outside cleansed, um, but inside you are full of greed and, and wickedness. But the other thing that we see is this. The reason why they care so much about the outside and not the inside is this. They don't care what God sees, they simply care what people see. So that's the second point. Hypocrites not only care about, uh, they only care about the outside. Why? Because they only care about what people see, not what God sees. It says in verse 40, 
you fools. Didn't he who made the outside make the inside also? In other words, God made you, and he made your outside, but he also made your inside as well. He sees everything. You can fool people, you can fool yourself, but you cannot fool God. That's the point he's trying to make. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, when Samuel is trying to anoint a new king, this is what God says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God sees everything that's going on. That You might be able to fool people, but you can't fool God. And Jesus says in verse 42, But woe to you, Pharisees, for... You tithe mint and, and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So the Pharisees, they're, they're pretty religious. They take care of the small things. They give tithes. They give sacrifices and offerings. We don't know exactly why. Maybe to, 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 to honor God, but most likely to just make sure that, that they're not Stirring up God in anger, uh, a lot of people actually gave so that people would see how much they're giving. Um, and so what we see here is that it's not that tithing is bad, giving is bad, but they're neglecting the more important thing, which is they're neglecting justice, how they interact with others, love others, and they're neglecting the love of God. In other words, they're applying the law, and there's a general command to tithe in the Old Testament. There's not a specific command to tithe in such a way with mint and, and herb. That's something that was later developed. Again, it's tradition. And so they're so focused on their tradition, their rituals, and in reality, they're missing the whole point of the law, which is to love God and love others. And for us, we can be absolutely religious and miss the whole point of why we believe in God. We exist to love God love others. Micah 6, 7, and 8 says this, Will the Lord please be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? What God desires is not just our stuff. What God desires is our heart. He wants us to love him with our whole heart. With our whole entire being, not just doing enough to be considered holy, but that we would deeply desire from the inside justice, loving kindness, that we would humbly walk with God. So hypocrites, they only care about what's on the outside, not the inside. Why? Because they care about not what God sees, but what people see. And the reason why they care about what people see more than what God sees is this, third point. Hypocrites desire to be applause of, or desire the applause of men rather than the approval of God. Hypocrites desire the applause of men rather than the approval of God. Um, deep down inside, they desire to be worshipped. They desire to be praised. It says in verse 43, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Now, I don't know what the best seat was. Um, uh, just FYI, for me, like, the best seats that I can see make eye contact is actually the back. I don't know if I don't know if you are aware of this. For me, my blind spot is the front. I actually see people really well in the back, and so. Uh, but I don't know exactly what the best seats were. But it says in Matthew twenty three five, the reason why they wanted the best seats is not because they were hungry for the word of God. It's not because they wanted to honor God, be there early, and grab the right the best seat. It's because they wanted to be seen by others. 
for them, the best seat was the seat that would be seen not by God, but by others. And so Matthew 23, 5 through 7 says this, they do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make uh, their, their boards and fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. The reason why they're welcoming everyone, greeting everyone, is not because they want to be friendly. It's so that they can rec- be recognized as rabbis. Because if they're greeting other people, they're going to they notice that they're in a position of power, so other people will recognize their position. And so they're in it. Not for the approval of God, for the applause of men. They want the attention more than the approval of, of God, the attention of man. So hypocrites, uh, we see, care about the outside. They care about not what God sees, what people see. Uh, the reason why they do that is because they have a deep desire to, to, to be praised uh, rather than to be approved by God. And what we see in verse 45, now the lawyers jump in. Now, these are not professional lawyers. These are lawyers who are experts of the law. So these are religious people, again, leaders, very similar to the Pharisees. And they jump in and they're like, man, this is insulting. That's what they say in verse 45. Jesus, you've you gone too far. Like, you're being, like, this is a dinner table. We're, we're having a great time. And you calling us out like this, I, I don't like it. And so they say, teacher, in saying these things, you insult us. And what we see in verse 44 is this. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. The danger of hypocrisy is this. Hypocrites not only are condemned, but they lead others to condemnation. Hypocrites not only are condemned, but they lead others to condemnation. We see that Jesus says, you are like unmarked graves. Now, in the Old Testament, graves were considered unclean, impure. And there's a reason why all the graves in Jerusalem are outside the city. You don't have graves inside a city because they were, they, people didn't want to go close to these graves. That's why you see demon-possessed people live in graveyards because it's showing how unclean they are. And But what Jesus is saying is this. You guys are like unmarked graves. In other words, deep down inside, you're unclean, but on the outside, you guys look so fine. And so when people walk over you, when people encounter you, when they interact with you, they think that they're benefiting from this relationship. They think they're learning more about God and more about God's ways, but in reality, you are leading them to more uncleanness, that you are contaminating them, that you are leading them to greater impurity. And so what we see is that not only do hypocrites live in this lie and they are condemned, but they lead others to condemnation. And that's a scary thing, that, that we are absolutely capable of covering our spiritual deadness with, with, with righteous deeds. That's really scary, that people would follow us, listen to us, care about what we say simply because we call ourselves believers and, and Christians when reality is, could it be that we are not encouraging people to follow Jesus, but hindering people from following Jesus? So hypocrites, they're not only condemned, but they lead others to condemnation. The fifth thing that we see is hypocrites are okay with burdening others, but they are unwilling to carry the burden themselves. They're okay with burdening others, with the law, with all these expectations, rules, regulations. They're quick to quote all the scripture saying that this is your fault, this is bad, you have to change. They see all the faults in other people, the speck in other people's eyes, and yet they don't see the log in their own eye. They're unwilling to take out the log in their own eye. And so what we see in verse 
uh, 46 is this, after saying the lawyer say, you insult us, Jesus says, well, woe to you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. In other words, you're totally okay with making someone else's life miserable with God's word, but you're unwilling to help that person. You can expose their faults, but you're unwilling to walk with that person so that they would understand what it means to love God, to walk in greater holiness, to, be in, to live with integrity, to love a neighbor. Like, walk with them. That's what Jesus is saying. You're unwilling to do that. You can preach certain things, but you're not practicing what you preach. So hypocrites, they're okay with burdening other people with the truth, but they don't want to carry the burden of the truth. They're so gracious towards themselves, but so, so, they're so nitpicking with others. Like They see every single fault in others. And the last thing that we see is this. Hypocrites would rather reject God's word than confront their own sin. Hypocrites would rather reject God's word and confront their own sin. In verse 47 and verse 48, uh, Jesus talks about how your ancestors, they had these tombs, and what were these tombs? Like, your fathers, your ancestors killed the prophets of God. He said in verse 48, so you are witnesses and your consent to the deed of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. In other words, you think you're different from your ancestors who killed God's messenger, the prophets, but you're no different. You're building tombs for them. It says in verse 49, Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles. God is communicating to people the good news, how life doesn't have to be this way. When we don't have to walk in sin, there is a way that we can walk in righteousness. He's sending prophets, apostles, in verse 49, some of whom they will kill and persecute. But verse 50, it says this, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel, the first person who was murdered after the fall, the blood of Zechariah, who was murdered literally in the temple, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, I will require of this generation. So the reason why these people, the hypocrites, are are denying and destroying God's prophets, his messengers, is because they don't like the word of God. They don't like the message to repent. They would rather destroy the message of Jesus Christ than embrace the message. And that's what we see towards the end of chapter 11. As he went away, as Jesus went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait from him, to catch him in something he might say. You know, I think when we're talking about Christianity in the 21st century America, one thing that we often neglect is, is the word of God. Like, there are different opinions, thoughts on different issues. Maybe, like, people are giving their own interpretation based on their experience. But where's the discussion where we question and we ponder upon what God is saying to us, what the Bible is reminding us is this. If we don't want to confront our sin, the easiest way is to deny the word of God. One reason why we don't enjoy, embrace the word of God is because it's unpleasant. It's constantly reminding us that we are sinful and yet we need a, a savior. And so we see that hypocrites care about what's on the outside, not what's on the inside. Hypocrites, they care about what other people see, not what God sees. They are craving the applause of men rather than the approval of God. We see that not only are they condemned, they lead others to condemnation. We see that they put a burden on other people while not willing to carry the burden themselves, and they reject the word of 
God. And the question now becomes, is that just a particular group that lives in the 21st century America? Or is that something that resembles how a lot of us live in our everyday life? I think the more and more I read this, the more and more I realize that although I could be religious, I'm not free from the hypocrisy. I'm not free from this temptation to look different. You know, there are a lot of times when I do things simply because I'm a pastor. Like, there are certain things, like, like I'm, I'm always considering, right? It's not necessarily because, like, I think this is the best thing to do before God. It's like, as a pastor, I need to be, I need to do certain things. And, like, I'm okay with that. If it benefits other people, I think that's totally fine. But there are times when I'm more concerned about the eyes of people than the eyes of God. Like, I'm more concerned about maybe how I look on the pulpit rather than what I'm proclaiming through the word of God. That's the temptation that I face every single day. Like, maybe you're leading a small group. Maybe you're a teacher in a ministry. Maybe you're in a position where you are leading others. And, and are you honestly content with God's approval in your position, knowing that no one else has to recognize you but God, that he understands the hard work that you put in? Or are you doing all those things because you simply want the praise of others? I'm... I'm I'm convicted by this message, and this is a very strong message, but here's the good news. Jesus clearly says that there is hope for the hypocrites. There is hope for the hypocrites. That's good news. Um, The first thing that we see is Jesus came to save hypocrites. We see in verse 37, while Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, so he went in and reclined at table. We know that this is a big deal, right? Jesus, him having a meal with someone, reclining at the table, a meal of intimacy. We have seen Jesus interact with sinners, tax collectors, known people who are wicked, but the same request is made by a Pharisee, and what does Jesus do? He accepts the invitation. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll love to have a conversation with you. Jesus, he came for the unrighteous sinner. He also came for the self-righteous hypocrite. And that is good news, that he's not avoiding the hypocrites. He's not avoiding the Pharisees. He's not saying that, no, you guys don't deserve to hear my message of of God's kingdom. You don't don't deserve to hear the good news. No, like Jesus says, I'm going to be at your house. I'm going to bring this news to you. Repent and believe in the gospel, and you will be saved. Jesus came to save the hypocrites, and he came to change the hypocrites. That's why Jesus is good news when it comes to hypocrisy. There's hope for the hypocrites because Jesus came to change the hypocrites. It says in verse 41, but give as alms those things that are within. In other words, give from your heart to the poor, do justice from your heart, and behold, everything is clean for you. I think this is so important because our response to Christian hypocrisy a lot of times is just us just not living out our faith. We say, okay, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so uh, I'm unclean inside. I don't want to pretend I'm clean outside, so I would rather just live an unclean life. That's my solution, right? Um, it, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you live out your face as long as you have good intentions. A lot of times, like, we would fall into that trap, but notice what Jesus desires is for everything to be clean. He's not condemning the religious leaders of their acts. Like, their behavior is not the, what's wrong. It's their motives that, that's wrong. He's not saying that you shouldn't do all those things in light of God's word. He's, he's saying that, hey, do all those things, but with the right heart. 
And so you can't really go to that extreme saying that Jesus only cares about the heart. He doesn't care about the outward appearance. No, he says that if you are transforming the heart, there is visible fruit in your life. And so we see that Jesus invites us to, to walk in humility, to, to be cleaned, everything from head to toe, inside out, that we would honor God and, and, and that we would embrace his, his word. And so we see that there's hope for the hypocrites. And the last thing that we see is this. Jesus came to save hypocrites. Jesus came to change hypocrites. And because of Jesus, we don't need to hide from our sin anymore. Because of Jesus, we don't need to hide from our sin anymore. Like all of us, when we sin, we have a tendency to hide, to cover up. Just look at Adam and Eve. The very first thing that they did in the garden when they sinned against God is they covered themselves up and they hide. That's a natural tendency that we have in our sinful nature. And it's interesting that what Jesus is, is condemning in today's passage is actually not the sin of the Pharisees. It's, it's not that, you know, he's saying that you sinning is making you a hypocrite. He's saying is you hiding your sin is making you a hypocrite. Like, hypocrisy doesn't come when we sin. It comes when we try to hide sin. That's when hypocrisy comes to the surface. Jesus, he's sharing these words because he's not demanding perfection, but he's wanting humility from us. He's wanting us to know that we're not perfect, that we need a savior. Throughout this message, Jesus is condemning not the fact that the Pharisees have sin, but the fact that they're acting as if they don't have sin. That's the biggest problem, that the Pharisees, they are living in sin, and yet they're acting as if they are just right with God, no issue. And could it be that us, when we are living our Christian faith, that we're acting as if we're no issues because we think that we can hide from God and cover up our sin. Well, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 5. The Pharisees, the scribes, they grumbled because they saw Jesus recline with the tax collectors, um, the sinners, and this is what Jesus said to the, respond to the question, why do you eat with and drink with tax collectors and scribes, uh, tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Did you notice that every time Jesus dines with sinners, his invitation is not woe to you, his invitation is come to me? Like, because they know that they're sinful. They know that they're unworthy. So Jesus can just simply invite them into his presence. But to the self-righteous, Jesus is saying, woe to you, because they're not recognizing their sin. They're not recognizing their sickness. They're recognize, not recognizing that they have a serious issue in their lives. You know, for the past three weeks, I've been struggling with a cough. And for three weeks, my, my mentality was this, I'm okay. Not a big deal. For three weeks, I've been suffering. I've been refusing to go to uh, a doctor. My tendency is that if I have an issue health-wise, especially this happens when I have to go to the dentist, I will hold off as long as I could. Uh, although I know eventually I need to go, I will hold off as long as I could. You know what? It's because of pride. I want to prove that my body is strong enough. <laughs> I want to prove that I can take it. And, and I think, yeah, it's true that there are times that we need our immune system to work and, and fight these germs. Um, and it's true that not every doctor in this world is perfect. So I don't think medicine is super helpful, but not always the ultimate solution. But what Jesus says is this. I'm not just a physician. I'm a good physician. I'm the ultimate physician. And I came to cure your disease called sin. And the reason why 
he's sharing this message to the Pharisees is this. You don't recognize that you have this disease. You don't recognize that you're actually in need. You think that you can live with this disease and be okay, but the truth is that it will lead you to greater condemnation. So life doesn't have to be this way. You can come to me. And it requires humility. You know, when you are sitting in the doctor's office, that's a humbling experience, right? If they ask you to say, ah, oh, you have to say, ah. Oh. Like, you have to follow all their directions. And, and um, especially if you're doing, like, a surgery, you're vulnerable. You have no idea. Like, you're exposed, vulnerable. But deep down inside, you're trusting the physician. You're trusting the doctor. And what Jesus is saying is this. I can help you. But the question is, will you trust me? Like, woe to you. And the reason why I'm sharing this message is it's not because I want you to be condemned, but I want you to be, be confronted with your sin and come back to me. And so if we are hiding under the umbrella of religion today, Jesus is inviting us to, to move away from our hiding. Stop covering up. Be vulnerable before Jesus, before your brothers and sisters in Christ. And let's walk this, this journey of faith with humility. Amen? Let's pray.